The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the Week. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, so shop now with BubbleGenius.com and pick up their Fresh Pick Suds Flower Soap Gift Pack. A selection of pretty flower soaps and a host of delicate floral scents, and you can carry your flower soaps with you in an adorable little reusable vinyl bag. Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Obama! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Now listen, cadet. I've got a job for you. See this button? Don't touch it! It's the history eraser button, you fool! So what'll happen? That's just it. We don't know. Maybe something bad. Maybe something good. I guess we'll never know, because you're going to guard it. You won't touch it, will you? <laughs> oh, how long can trusty Cadet Stimpy hold out? How can he possibly resist the diabolical urge to push the button that could erase his very existence? Will his tortured mind give in to its uncontrollable desires? Can he withstand the temptation to push the button that even now beckons him ever closer? Will he succumb to the maddening urge to eradicate history at the mere push of a single button? The beautiful, shiny button! The jolly, candy-like button! Will he hold out, folks? Can he hold out? Tune in next week as... Wrong. The best music on the best station. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Tuesday, January 17, 2017. This is the Bob and Chez Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and that is Chez right over there. Hey there. Hi. Open, uh, inspired by your uh, one of your most recent articles. Erasing Obama from history. So I had to play the history eraser button. Right. <laughs> bit from Ren and Stimpy. I'm building a bridge to 1992, folks. Yep. <laughs> All right, we are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need a lawyer, better call Bo or get free legal advice at thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez. Or if you want to, just click the link of the podcast page. Right at bobseska.com. Scroll down on the right-hand side. You'll see Charles Bowen sitting on his desk talking into an old-timey telephone. And I assure you that's not how he's getting your questions about the law. Charles Bowen is uh, completely up to date with all of his technologies, so, despite the old Tony phone. Okay, uh, lots to talk about today. Um, it's the uh, Trump Crisis Day 80. We are a few days away from <sighs> the inauguration. 
I'm going to be at Soul Cycle. <laughs> it's Soul Cycle. I am honestly. I'm. I'm going to. I yeah. already signed up for a class for Friday because I'm not. I'm not going to watch that. Shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and you know what? I have like a an unavoidable obligation. I'm just. I'm not going to get into detail of my personal life, but I have something I have to do uh, Friday morning. I'm going to end up being in the car listening to the inauguration oh, okay. and, instead of actually uh, instead of actually watching. It was probably good. I'll catch, obviously, I'll catch all of it uh, later on, but uh, we're going to have to do the uh, after party a little bit later on Friday. Not too late, but sometime after you're done with Soul Cycle and sometime after the inauguration is over, we'll do an after party and talk about the whole damn thing. And I'm really, I'm really hoping, they're, they're calling for rain, aren't they? Is it going to rain on Friday in Washington, D.C.? I have no idea. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's going to be rainy, which will be great for attendance. See, I'm concerned, and, and our mutual friend Josh Dobbin brought this up on Facebook. Everyone talking about how no one's going to attend the inaugural, I think it's a bad idea. I think that sets the yeah, expectations. Yeah, because of course people are going to attend, and yeah, of course. when you set expectations that low, then he'll get to claim victory, which That's he's right. going to claim victory regardless. You oh, know, God, it, yeah. it doesn't matter if 20 f-ing people show up, he's going to claim victory. Well, yeah. Did you see his latest tweet today? Did you see him talking about the polls? Uh, yeah, that how they're they're rigged. <laughs> yeah, Trump. Uh, t- it's much more likely that the polls are rigged, and not that he just he's just a horribly fucking awful douche, and nobody likes him. Well, here's the thing: latest uh, Washington Post ABC News poll comes out, forty percent approval rating, just dismal for the clown dictator. Yeah. Well, yep, no one likes Donald Trump. Wrong. 54% unfavorable. Wrong. Put it this way. His favorable uh, numbers with Republicans, his favorable number is 76. That's about where Barack Obama was overall among everybody. <laughs> and, and Donald Trump can barely get there with Republicans only. Uh, here's a revealing uh, cross tab. Independence. He is seen favorable by 43% of independents, unfavorable by 53. That's a big deal because, as you know, independents swing everything now. It's all about the independents swinging uh, numbers, swinging elections, and he's not popular at all. But I, what I want to know are who are the 10% of Democrats who think Trump is great? You know who they are? I bet you can't guess who they are. I bet, well, actually, I bet, I bet you can. What? It's, well, it's the Jill Stein hotheads. Probably there. There's a whole faction on the left who would love nothing more than to uh, than to continue with the Trump presidency. They have this whole strategy. We've talked about it on the show before. They're pursuing their underpants gnome strategy, which is to have Trump be president of the United States. That's step number one. Step number two is the big question mark. And number three is progressivism. Somehow that's the plan. And they're they're excited for uh, Obamacare to fall apart. That's one of the main things. They're looking forward to that because they think that somehow if you tear down Obamacare, that that single payer will rise in its place, which right. is yeah, never that's such bull. Yeah, it's the, the, the yeah tr- Trump means the beginning of the glorious revolution. Which yeah, is such nonsense. Well, of course that's never been the case. Every time healthcare has failed, the next iteration of healthcare reform has always come back being more conservative, and. And not that Obamacare has failed. Obviously, Obamacare has been a rousing success. 20 million people insured. Uh, the cost curve, completely bent. The cost curve is, is mu- the, the cost for health care now, as well as the premiums, are lower than they would have been without the Affordable Care Act. 
You have millions of people with insurance that they like overwhelmingly. 86% of people are satisfied with it. Well, we're going to get... See, once I start down the Obamacare path, it's just like it's an hour goes by and, and I'm still talking. But back on the poll numbers, Donald Trump, in reacting to the Washington Post ABC News poll showing that no one likes him, uh, tweeted out today, the same people who did the phony election polls... <laughs> and were so wrong, wrong, are now doing approval rating polls. They are rigged just like before. So what Donald Trump is basically saying is that the election polls that showed that Donald Trump would lose the election by two percentage points are wrong. But in fact, they were exactly correct. Overall, nationally, Donald Trump lost by two percentage points to Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. So the polls basically got it right. I mean, you know, you could narrow it down to the individual states and we'll say, well, no one, no one picked Michigan, no one saw Wisconsin, no one saw Pennsylvania, which is, is partly true. But if you look at the national numbers, it's, it's actually quite accurate. And, I, you know, I don't want to get down that road of conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy theories regarding Election Day. Let's just put it this way. I think with the Russia hack, we've only begun to see the full scope of this. Oh, Yeah. And, you know, if you noticed over the weekend, we're going to talk about, obviously, we're going to talk about this Russia thing uh, coming up because because Vladimir Putin stuck his nose into the whole thing today. Um, so if you look at what Mike Pence and other members of the Trump administration, defenders of Donald Trump have been saying, they've just been saying something about the voting machines. Yeah. The theory has never been that the voting machines were hacked. The theory has always been that if anything, if the if the vote was actually interfered with, there are numerous ways. There's tabulation machines. There are databases where the, the votes are, are tabulated and calculated and added up and, and stored. Any number of ways, any number of steps along the line, the vote could have been hacked. Now, I'm not saying that it was. I, I want to be perfectly clear. I'm not pushing that conspiracy theory. All I'm saying is anything is possible. We're only beginning to see the true nature of this Russia story. And I yeah. could not believe it. I'm sure you saw the B-roll, Chess, of the Democrats coming out of that briefing with James yeah. Comey and the FBI. Yeah. The stunned, shocked look on everyone's faces coming out of that thing and then seeing the tweets some members of congress tweeting in all caps like i cannot believe what i just heard yeah basically and this is only part i'm sure this is only part a small section of what they heard in that meeting but what we know publicly is that the fbi went to the fisa court and asked for fisa warrants to wiretap trump and his senior campaign staff Mm-hmm. because of the Russia allegations. They were that serious. Yeah. And the FISA court, of course, turned them down. And I'm, I'm giving the FISA court some credit here by saying that it was probably for the same reasons that Barack Obama didn't make a big deal out of this before the election, which is they didn't want it to seem political. Wrong. They didn't want to stick yeah. their nose into the, uh, the election, which obviously James Comey had no trouble doing that himself. But that's why the FISA court probably turned down those warrants. But we're only now hearing about this. That's the problem. I mean, all we heard about were Hillary's emails, James Comey doing press conferences and releasing letters of dubious origin. 
about Hillary Clinton and her emails, and we only find out now that the FBI sought a FISA warrant. If you all remember back in the Snowden days, talking about the NSA and wiretaps and uh, and eavesdropping, they actually sought a warrant to eavesdrop on the senior most members of the Trump campaign. And then the and then Congress comes out and goes, "Oh my God, what the fuck?" <laughs> that was basically yeah. like Maxine Waters. I almost thought I would see Maxine Waters of all people go, "What the fuck did I just hear?" <laughs> it was that close to me. And then you've got Comey, you know, a week before the election, talking about <laughs> just a meaningless piece of nothing, right? With, you know, involving Clinton and her stupid fucking emails. It was like Nate Silver said, if the election had been held on October 27th, Hillary Clinton would be president right yeah, now. Yeah. It would be uh, inaugurated. None, none of this disaster that we're about to go through would happen. So what we have here is an historically unpopular president who is, who is basically dictating what reality is through Twitter. Right. And he's entering office. He's going to take the oath of office on Friday while under investigation by the Republican-controlled U.S. Senate for espionage. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is your incoming president of the United States. The Senate, the Senate Intelligence Committee, is investigating him for espionage. It's amazing. The headline from the other day, Senate panel to probe Russian hacking links to campaigns. The leaders of the Senate Intelligence Committee said that the panel will investigate allegations Russia used cyber attacks to influence the U.S. presidential election including, here's the operative part of the sentence, including any links between Russia and the political campaigns. The the committee plans to interview senior officials of both the Trump and Obama administrations and may issue subpoenas to compel testimony. The panel's Republican chairman, Richard Burr, and its top Democrat, Mark Warner, uh, said in a statement. So there it is. Again, I underscore the Republican chairman. The, right now, the famous the famous William Goldman quote applies. Nobody knows yeah. nothing. Nobody you knows know, nothing. I, I can't. I I don't even pretend to be able to prognosticate on anything anymore. But it seems somewhat reasonable to me that um, that the Republicans have to know. Mm. They have to know that while they're very happy to ride in on his coattails because it, it puts them in power, they have to know that Trump is a disaster for them. Oh, that yeah. he genuinely is, that he's going to he's going to crush the party. Oh yeah. Because when he when he implodes and he will, he's gonna take the Republicans down with him. So I can't help but wonder whether the Republicans are basically going to set out from day one to torpedo Trump and put Mike Pence in. Well, it would seem like that would be the logical way to go because right. they, now, they're granted, not. You would, granted, you would lose whatever the, the Trump people, you know, the alt-right people. Yeah. You would lose them. They would, they would run off and form their own uh, – um, they'd run off and form, form their own party, their own official party. And then you'd have uh, conservatives in America split, which would be a real problem for Republicans. But, uh, you know, it's six of one, half dozen the other. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. one way or the other, they're going to go down in flames. Right, right. So – it looks like what the Republicans are doing is they're either going to latch themselves to an unpopular president, which is unprecedented. I mean, why would they want to be associated in any way, shape or form with a president whose approval numbers are 40 percent or lower walking into the White House for the first time, which never, ever, ever, ever happens? Or you know what they could do, which is something we've talked about as far as uh, as far as social media, and the Internet goes. The Republicans could simply be narrow casting. They're legislating for like 19% of the population at this point. 
Sure. That, that's who they're pandering to. And they're banking that those people will be loud enough and will gather as many of their friends as they can to district by district save the Republican Party. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's that it's not going to work. It's, it can't possibly work. You need a, a larger working coalition in order to govern like that. You can't narrow cast in politics. So I don't know how they intend to proceed forward other than to uh, to just do their own thing and hope that maybe Donald Trump is just too lazy and will just sign whatever they give him. Because I can't imagine that he's going to set the agenda and they're going to follow him especially with this low, dismal approval rating. I mean, the, the whole idea behind politics is to ride waves of popularity, to capitalize on that, and to get things done based on that political capital. And D- Donald Trump has zero political capital. I mean, no political capital. He's got nothing to work with, other than the, whatever fiction he's inventing on Twitter, which continues on and on. We're going to talk about John Lewis here in a second. But meanwhile, you've got a Republican Party that is also very anti-Putin, very anti-Russia. And we know, based on what we've been hearing, and we can only assume that the charges on Russia are much more grave than what we've heard so far. And so you combine all of that together. Oh, and by the way, Vladimir Putin giving Trump a big wet sloppy one today. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, he's he's so much like Trump. It's hilarious. I can't see Donald Trump uh, hiring prostitutes, but, you know, our prostitutes are the best. Exactly. So <laughs> our prostitutes are the best. Russian President Vladimir Putin said he doesn't believe that U.S. President-elect Donald Trump met with prostitutes in Russia, calling the accusations part of a campaign undermine the election result. Unsubstantiated allegations made against Trump are, quote-unquote, obvious fabrications, Putin told reporters in the Kremlin on Tuesday, quote, people who order fakes of the type now circulating against the U.S. president-elect who concoct them and use them in a political battle are worse than prostitutes because they don't have any moral boundaries at all, he said. This is Putin. Putin said that Trump wasn't a politician when he visited Moscow in the past and Russian officials weren't aware that he held any political ambitions. Uh-huh. Sure. Right. It's complete nonsense, he said, to, to believe that Russian security services, quote, chase after every American billionaire, <laughs> he said. Yeah, and you know what this is? You know what this is? This is a big old rat. Wrong. Yeah, well, it is. Yep. It is very much is. You know what this is? This is Vladimir Putin keeping the story alive. We stopped talking about the PP tape. Right. And now Vladimir Putin steps in and says, hey, everybody, the PP tape. Wrong. <laughs> right. I can't wait till that thing is released. Oh, now, my have you God. seen this? Have you seen this this thing today? This item? Normally, I wouldn't, of course, look at this, but FARC posted it. And uh-huh. you know, I do follow FARC. But <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I think it's Infowars. What's his name? What, what's I'm sorry. What's the guy with the three uh, with the three names? Uh, Paul Joseph Watson. Yeah, that fucking dick. <laughs> I don't know how um, I know these people. They're f- I'm so glad he includes Joseph because that makes me yeah. take him a lot more seriously. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't remember the names of people I was very good friends with in college. And much like, I can remember Paul Joseph Watson for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, they're saying he wrote a story about how, uh, uh, you know, according to Infowars, um, CNN and BuzzFeed are going to post the um, post and broadcast the like the Tom Arnold videotape, the videotape mm. from behind the scenes at The Apprentice with uh, Trump, you know, with Trump using racial slurs and all that other fun stuff like yeah. two days before two days before inauguration. That's what he says. Oh, interesting. Which should basically be, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I can't believe anything I read in InfoWars. That's of for course, sure. It's fucking InfoWars. But, you know, actually, InfoWars in the news this week. <laughs> and you're not going to believe this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This could be very, very bad. The InfoWars news that I have. But first, we're going to talk about. Uh, oh, we're going to talk about Blue Apron. Yeah, brand new sponsors of the show, Blue Apron. I love Blue Apron, partly because, I, I, you know, it's not so much that I can't cook. It's like coming up with new and different things to, to keep the variety going. Otherwise, I just end up making the same thing. I'm one of those guys, I make the same meal like every night, and I just eat the same thing. It's because I don't have the variety. And Blue Apron not only uh, sends amazing dishes to create by yourself with all the instructions and all the ingredients they're packaged together, but the variety is amazing. You got to check out Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country, making incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never, ever get bored. I love that. Customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. Blue Apron has several delivery options, so you can choose what fits your needs. And there's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients and can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Chez. <laughs> you yeah, love- I, I don't quite understand that. Uh, well, I know. I try to get B-A-N-D-C to make it easy, but they're going with Chez. So it's blueapron.com slash Chez. <laughs> easy to remember. Uh, yes, you will- Chez participates in cooking. <laughs> yeah, you can just imagine yourself cooking with Chez. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Chez. That's right. That's, I, say that, I say that all the time. You'll love how good it feels and tastes. <laughs> That's blueapron.com slash Chez. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, so uh, this is just a, uh, I would classify this as a rumor right now and that we should maybe consider the source of this information, but uh, Carolee Coons and and Charles Johnson Little Green Footballs were, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, inciting Dan Badandi, talking to Dan Badandi on Twitter the other day. Oh, boy. And Dan Badandi hinted to Carolee, Carolee Coons from, uh, from Crooks and Liars, that InfoWars might actually have attained White House press credentials. That's, that's not a, that is not a surprise at all. <laughs> right, I know. at all. I, I mean, know. <laughs> it's just, it's horrifying. And I, I'm bringing up just, this. That's just infuriating. It's, it's, just, it's just infuriating because that's exactly... Uh, God damn it. The fact that he is legitimizing yeah. th- these idiots, these morons who just talk utter bullshit 
shit. I know. You know, who, who you know, it, it's basically the equivalent of, in it, like, if this were the 80s, it would be the equivalent of giving the weekly world news yeah. press credentials for the White House. God, can you imagine? You imagine, like, uh, Alex Jones and Dan Badandi showing up, asking questions at the next uh, press conference. Jesus Christ. Shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed, President Trump. Oh, my God. Something has to be done, and I don't know know, what. Bad, 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 bad. Are you going to deploy tiny airplanes and uh, move the tornadoes all around? Are you going to do that, Mr. President? Well, of course, Alex Jones is Mr. I mean, he's basically uh, Donald Trump's fluffer these days, uh, which is funny because Alex Jones is Mr. Anti-Government, and now he's a pro-government, pro-Trump flack. So this should be fascinating to know whether or not uh, you know, Donald Trump, now that he's president of the United States, is going to continue the uh, the program of using uh, helicopters and tiny airplanes to move tornadoes right. or whether or not he's going to deploy the chemtrails because he is a head, the head of the government now. Right. So what is Alex Jones going to say? Well, there ain't no more chemtrails, uh, no more tiny airplanes, helicopters moving tornadoes all around. Well, that's you no, know, that's going to happen now. Right. I'm sure. But the article here from Infowars <laughs> says uh, this is the only related article I could find. Uh, it says Trump press secretary, alternative media bloggers to become part of press corps. In an unprecedented move, Donald Trump's incoming White House press secretary revealed Sunday that members of the alternative media and even prominent bloggers may be allowed to join the White House press corps and take part in press conferences in Washington. God bless his mental kids and all that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this asshole, this fucking asshole who pisses on CNN and the New York yeah. Times and the Washington Post and he calls it fake news. Fake Just up is down, black is white. This is lunacy. This is absolute lunacy and I'm terrified that we'll never come back from this. I know, this because is Because once we've crossed this Rubicon, yeah. oh, there's yeah. no turning back. Great way to put it. Great way it's to put it. It's very, very hard to imagine anybody drawing down uh, you know, basically throwing down the gauntlet again and saying, no, you know what, we're going back to decorum and tradition and all the things that that basically, you know, somebody made, I can't remember who it was, somebody made a great comment where they said that one of the things to keep in mind about, uh, about our traditions and our uh, protocol is that it, the reason it came to be is that a lot of other stuff was tried throughout history and we realized that it didn't work and this is what worked best. Yeah. And this is now turning everything on its ass. God bless his mental kids and all that. Absolutely. And here's the justification uh, for why they want to move the press room outside of the White House. Good they, God. They want to move the press room over to the uh, old executive office building uh, or someplace else. I forget where. Somewhere uh, in Lafayette Park. <laughs> somewhere near Lafayette. They're just going to stick them over there somewhere, like the next block down. Yeah. And uh, and in order, the reason they want to do this, Sean Spicer said, he's the uh, basically the incoming press secretary for Trump, uh, Sean Spicer. The reason they want to do this is so they can accommodate more of these like fringe, fringe groups. Yeah, literally. So he said here, there are a lot of talk radio and bloggers and people that can't fit in right now and maybe don't have uh, permanency because they're not part of the Washington elite media. But to allow them an opportunity to ask the press secretary or the president a question is a positive thing. It's no, more it democratic. Isn't. No, it fucking isn't. <laughs> not everybody, not everybody deserves to be treated like they know what the hell is up. Right. Yeah, they, and of course they you don't. Know, I mean, the what are we going to get? Saying, well, you know what? Honestly, my eight-year-old daughter. I mean, she's pretty bright. I think she should be allowed to ask mm-hmm. a question. So why not give her press credentials? Oh, sure. It's democracy, isn't it? <laughs> Everyone deserves. 
You get press credentials, and you get press credentials, and you get press credentials. Everybody gets press credentials. If everyone's the press, there is no you're press. Talking about, you're talking about news outlets that say that, first of all, new, like Breitbart, news outlets that are blatantly racist. Yeah. And then you're talking about news outlets like Infowars that claim that chemtrails are an actual thing. Oh, yeah. And that the uh, Sandy Hook shooting never happened. Oh, yeah. Literally. Right. So it's going to be None like of those people should be given legitimacy. None of them. It'd be like Dan Badani and Wolfgang Halbig in there asking about Sandy Hook if Sandy yeah. Hook was a hoax. Yeah. And then, of, of course, you know what Donald Trump's going to say? If Donald, you think Donald Trump will go? No, I don't think Sandy Hook was a hoax. I think Sandy Hook really happened. Do you think Donald Trump is going to answer reasonably on that question? He's, of course, he's going to go. Hey, you know, I've heard lots of things. Heard lots of things about that. Some people are saying. Some people are saying. I heard things about Sandy Hook, actors and things like that. Maybe we should have an investigation. My people will investigate. China. I'm sure. I'm sure Donald Trump's people will do a fantastic job investigating whether or not Sandy Hook was a hoax. You know, I'm really going down the rabbit hole here with this line of reasoning, but it's true. I mean, what's what's going to happen once you get Infowars and all these uh, dingbat news outlets, these fake news places and, and uh, other fringe right-wing groups inside the White House press corps taking up time from actual questions, you know, valuable questions that could actually uh, uh, resolve issues and and explain things to the American people. But and instead, if, we're going to get lots of conspiracy theory questions. And if and if uh, if Trump's, you know, this is God damn it. You you people in the fucking press and the political <laughs> press, yeah. listen up and listen good. If you if you are cut off at the knees by Trump, you basically, you know, you're not given the access that you so desire, yeah. then you have basically been given in some ways an amazing gift. He's not going to like you anyway. He's not going to give you anything anyway. So you have every single right to pursue whatever investigations you need to pursue, mm -hmm. to be as adversarial as you need to be, and to take that down. And they really, really have to. And, and I get the sense that Donald Trump is going to kind of force them to. Because they will have no other recourse. Basically, you're talking about a White House press corps that, if they're booted out of the White House, might have a little bit extra time on their hands. Yeah, exactly. To look into things like Putin and Russia and uh, Tom Price's conflicts of interest and whoever members, whichever members of the the incoming uh, Trump administration have, you know, plagiarism records or you know uh, had PP parties in Moscow. Yeah, this is all stuff that the press will have plenty of time to look into. And hopefully they will. But then again, you know, I look at, God damn it, uh, already Greta Van Susteren's pulling the, the Trump, the pro-Trump flacking now on MSNBC instead of Fox News. And they're talking about how uh, I think Trump's health care replacement plan is going to be better. I think she was talking about that on her show yesterday. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you've got four hours of people basically uh, uh, making it out. It seems as if if you're if you're at all alarmist about Donald Trump, then you're out of your mind. Then you're crazy. You know that's the that's the conventional wisdom on on Morning Joe. That you know the entire town, the inside the Beltway DC elite watch that show, and they're being lectured for four hours a day by Joe Scarborough. Hey, look, don't worry. It's everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Sure, sure. Let's please, by all means, let's have four more hours of normalizing Trump on MSNBC. 
You know, I mean, while I, I do have to say that uh, the, the big exceptions to that equation are uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, Joy Reid, uh, both doing the best work of their careers. Lawrence O'Donnell, especially, is doing such amazing work on that hour of programming. And it's, it's unlike, but by the way, it's unlike anything you've seen him do before. Lawrence O'Donnell, especially since his that, that terrible accident that he was in, ever since then, he's been taking a different approach, and it's been really effective now. He is being relentless against Donald Trump, and it's not Good. just with preaching to the choir. He's got Republicans on almost every segment talking about Donald Trump. It's, it's, it's politically uh, uh, perfect, strategically perfect, what he's doing on that show. But speaking of great television, holy crap, Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live's cold open the other night with Alec Baldwin doing Trump doing the the press conference was maybe one maybe the best thing they've done in decades. I'm trying to think of something that was more subversive and hit more notes and hit more beats and and just tormented a political enemy. I'm, I can't think of the last time SNL did something like that. I mean that thoroughly. That sketch hit everything. I mean, they made, God, there was a joke in there about how Kellyanne Conway puts her makeup on using the ice bucket challenge. Mm -hmm. There was a joke in there about uh, the Trump boys being like American psycho. There was a joke about Eric Trump being just a nothing. There was, there was jokes about those file folders being empty and just a prop. Mm-hmm. I mean, just at, look at all these files. Look at the files. There are lots of files. And these all these files prove that he's divesting. I mean, just every great joke. In the, I mean, they hit, um, th- th- they hit, I mean, the, obviously the PP tape. Yeah. Over and over again. Uh, it's all kinds of double entendre with urine. Just perfect. And you know what made it so perfect? Because I know that it just crawled right up Donald Trump's ass. Of course it did. Of course it did. You know, I mean, he he responded the next day, as he always does. Yes. He said, uh, and it took him a while. It's like they asked him, okay, you got to be restrained, Mr. Trump. You got to hold on until maybe the afternoon, and then you can tweet away. He's like, I got to do it now. I got to do it now. It's 6 a.m. I got to tweet. And they made him wait until like 1 in the afternoon, 2 in the afternoon, before they gave him his uh, BlackBerry back, or the f*** he uses Android. And uh, they gave it back to him. He immediately tweeted, NBC News is bad, but Saturday Night Live is the worst of NBC. Not funny. Cast is terrible. Always a complete hit job. Really bad television. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) He can't even handle being made fun of. He's... My God. Such... I mean... Just imagine how he's going to respond to... And again, we've said this before. Yeah. But... Every single, every enemy of the United States, uh, including Russia, yeah. knows exactly the right buttons to press to make him do something stupid. Right. And then they'll have him in the palm of their hands. Yeah. As once you can get Donald Trump off balance, you can get away with anything. And this is all you have to do. You just have to make fun of him publicly. And then, yeah. then he goes bananas. He can't take it. The conservatives are running around calling uh, the left snowflakes right now. I've never seen a bigger pack of, of thin-skinned little pissants than the Republicans in reaction to Alec Baldwin, for God's sake. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Don't make fun of Donald. Don't make fun of Mr. Trump. Why are you so mean to Mr. Trump? Yeah, they're just, just so desperately afraid of this guy being seen for the fraud that he is. It was the same with, like, John Lewis. Oh, my God. John Lewis made fun of us. John Lewis being mean. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Such a little babies, whiny diaper babies, the whole load of them. 
Put on your big boy pants, you people. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. You know why Ronald Reagan was successful? One of the many reasons he was successful as a president, agree or disagree, is the fact that he could laugh at himself. He could make right. jokes about his age sure. and, you know, this, the, all around. He could make fun of his presidency. George H.W. Bush was notorious for, for going along with SNL. And, and, and George H.W. Bush actually went on SNL and did an impression of Dana Carvey's impression of him. Right. You think Donald Trump would ever do that? Yeah, he no, he's he's incapable of laughing at himself. Even Sarah Palin did it. Sarah Palin went on with Tina Fey and did the thing. And Donald Trump just can't handle it. Oh God, yeah. And we just—I would hate to be just the the people around him on a Sunday morning. Can you imagine what it's like in that suite in Trump Tower? Donald Trump rolling out of bed with his big bloated body stuffed into like a, a gold lame uh, uh, smoking uh, robe or something like that, wandering around with his Blackberry, just sitting on the John or whatever, tweeting about SNL, just probably screaming to anyone who will listen first, like yelling out all of the things that he wants to say first. <laughs> Kellyanne Conway basically shitting herself in the next room. Oh, God, what am I going to have to spin today? I can't even imagine the, the nightmare. The only thing I, I keep thinking of is what it's like to be in Donald Trump's head. Can you imagine just the nightmare of awfulness circulating oh, yeah, no, through that brain? He's a monster. He's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a sack. I've been comparing it to a sack full of goblins. <laughs> just being inside <laughs> that skull of his. It's just the awful. Can you imagine the darkness? Darker than a thousand midnights inside that head. Sure. Jesus God. All right, we're going to take another break and come back with more show after this. Hello, it's Bob to tell you about our Patreon page. You might be asking yourself, what the hell is a Patreon page? It's a website where you can help support our podcast by donating money to the show. You can sign up for $1, $5, $10, or $15 per month, or if you're filthy rich, you can sign up for more. In exchange, we'll bring you exclusive Patreon-only content like our post-mortem shows, memberships to the after party, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of our free show. And if we reach our crowdfunding goal, we'll bring you new shows every weekday. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Chez, or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Literally. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Okay, here's your homework assignment for this week. While you're listening to the show, go to bobseska.com. Just beneath the logo, you'll see a link that says the Amazon link in all capital letters. That takes you right to the front page of amazon.com where you can go shopping and you can get virtually anything. I mean, they've got every damn thing at Amazon.com. Plus, if you sign up for Amazon Prime, you get some uh, get free shipping, all kinds of great stuff. Plus, you're supporting the show because we get a small commission from everything you buy. Thanks for going to Amazon.com and doing uh, all of your shopping through our Amazon link. Okay, uh, so John Lewis walked into the propeller this week, and this was in reaction. No one is really talking about this, but John Lewis's reaction to Chuck Todd, where he said that he doesn't consider Donald Trump to be a legitimate president. This was after that FBI briefing that yeah. the, that members of Congress attended, right. and he, John, I can only imagine the awfulness that they heard about in that meeting. Sure, and this the desperate urge to blab about it. Somebody should, you know, honestly, somebody should go yeah, ahead I, and just violate violate their confidentiality. Frankly, I, I thought by now someone would have leaked it. 
Yeah. I, mean, I think it's a matter of time before someone does leak it, although yeah, it I'm is really pretty serious. I'm really, really tired yeah. of this. Somebody, you know, kind of like what, what Taibi said, you know, I, I, I disagree with him with his initial uh, um, his initial statement on the whole Russia thing that it wasn't, you know, he pulled the, the Glenn Greenwald thing that it's probably not that big a deal. Mm, yeah. That something about the story bothers him, which, you know, fair enough. You know, there there are some holes in it, no doubt. But I, you know, I appreciated his his follow up column where he basically said, he's like, look, if there's something this big on it and it seems like there is playtime is over. It's time for somebody to tell the American people what's going on to disclose to disclose this. You know, enough with this bullshit, enough with the the, you know, enough with the sort of uh, uh, screwing around and beating around the bush. You know, somebody has to to say what tell people what's going on and take action. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, we're about to we're about to inaugurate a guy who is I I have no doubt is horrifically compromised. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's not just gonna be an unpopular presidency that's going to be bad. It's gonna be a catastrophic presidency. I don't think, and again, I keep saying this, but I don't think any of us, including myself, I'll put myself in this category, I don't think I think we're all underestimating how cataclysmic it's going to be. Absolutely. I think it's going to be far worse than anyone is anticipating. And it's just, again, it's all of those things that Mike Pence wouldn't be involved with, that Marco Rubio wouldn't be involved with, that Ted Cruz wouldn't even be involved with. It's all of the X factor things that Donald Trump will do and not do that are so terrifying that, that we're completely underestimating. It's not just the policy stuff. It's not just, oh, how are they going to repeal Obamacare and then replace it in time? It's not, how is he going to build the wall? It's none of that. It's all of the bizarre crap that we can't predict. Yeah, I've been, I feel like a broken record. I have been saying this going back even a year ago. How unpredictable and terrible Donald Trump is. You know, I watched... Um, uh, the Brian Williams show on MSNBC, the 11th hour, did an hour-long um, retrospective of the Obama presidency. And I'm watching this thing, and I'm going, holy hell. Boy, did boy did we not appreciate it when we had it. Yeah, We had a world-class president for eight exactly. years. Basically, the new gold standard for what it means to be presidential. Even if you disagree with some of his policy choices, even if you know that, well, he didn't do a very good job in terms of promoting his successes, which if you're going to criticize any president, I would say that's a pretty good criticism because, God, if that's the worst he can do. But the fact is that that Barack Obama was one hell of a president. Again, the, the classiest, most centered, most even keeled, most disciplined, most presidential president that that I can remember. I don't think uh, the American voting public really truly appreciated how great President Obama was while he was president. But right. now, I assure you, historians and people in general will think of Barack Obama in glowing, glowing, glowing terms, especially given the contrast of Donald Trump incoming. And in fact, I think George W. Bush is on some level, I know the Bush family fucking hates Donald Trump, but I think on some level, the Bush family is going, well, this makes W look a little better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think uh, Andy Borowitz's column today in New Yorker was uh, was uh, George W. Bush counting down the hours until he's no longer worst president. It's <laughs> exactly right. God, I mean, it's it really is. It's going to be a disaster. I mean, even George W. Bush compared to Donald Trump was a, 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 an extraordinarily presidential president. 
Yeah. I mean, George W. Bush embarrassed himself, but he didn't he didn't do it flagrantly. I don't think George W. Bush really knew exactly when, when George, like with the door, the thing where he couldn't open the door and, you know, he would say dumb things sometimes in press yeah, conferences. He was, a, he was an idiot. He really wasn't very bright. Exactly. But he wasn't, you know, yeah. I mean, look, you know what I thought? I, I'm not going to downplay the Bush administration. It was terrible. I, I, I can go back and read <laughs> yeah. everything I wrote during it. Right. But certainly uh, compared to Trump, who is who is just just sociopathic? Yeah. I mean, just you know, sociopathic. Exactly. Bush was a bumbling idiot, mm-hmm. but Trump is genuinely sociopathic. Yep. Well, we're going to talk about these tweets that uh, that Donald Trump sent out to uh, John Lewis specifically uh, after this uh, last break. Uh, more show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, it is. Thank you for joining us on our Tuesday show, and thanks for supporting the show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. So John Lewis thinks that Donald Trump is an illegitimate president, and I think most of us agree with that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, the fact is that even if you... you know, it's, It's nothing that... I mean, John Lewis wasn't referencing anything that was specific to Donald Trump. He's basically saying that Russia interfered with the election and therefore the results of the election are illegitimate. That's basically what John Lewis was saying. So, of course, Donald Trump, because, you know, he's just a whiny little diaper baby, tweets this out the next day. Congressman John Lewis, and again, this is two days before MLK Day. When he tweeted this out, Congressman John Lewis should finally focus on the burning and crime infested inner cities of the U.S. I can use all the help I can get. That's what he said. But of course, he's saying this because John Lewis is black. So, of course, this is one of Donald Trump's many, many ticks. Donald Trump sees black person and thinks inner cities. Yeah. And and like I said, I I, I wrote about it. I guarantee you I can't prove it. Guarantee you. When he wrote that, he had no idea. He probably still has no idea where John Lewis's district actually is. Oh, yeah, I know. He had, I guarantee you he had no idea. F- he may not even, somebody else came up with, took my idea one step further. He probably didn't even know who John Lewis was other than the fact that he was black. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's, again, sees black guy, thinks inner city. He probably thinks John Lewis, he's probably uh, 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 mixing John Lewis up with someone else. 
Probably. I mean, he's probably mixing John Lewis with Elijah Cummings. He probably thinks it's Elijah Cummings that he's talking about. You know, so, John Lewis, I, I really thought you were terrible in The Shining. I'm really <laughs> glad that uh, Jack Nicholson killed you in that movie. <laughs> exactly. Holy s***. So, of course, John Lewis. But, you know, we've seen this before. In that uh, town hall debate against Hillary Clinton, there was an African-American man who asked uh, Donald Trump a question, and it wasn't, and it didn't have anything to do with inner cities or crime or anything like that, or anything to do with even the African-American experience in the United States. And what was Donald Trump's answer? It was all about the inner cities, because the guy was black. What has he done with housing and urban development? He's appointed uh, Ben Carson. Because Ben Carson is black and, exactly. and therefore and, must and know. And Steve Harvey. And Steve Harvey. Oh, my God. Steve Harvey. Yeah. I mean, we were predicting before the election, it was going to be like Secretary of State Omarosa and uh, Vice President Meatloaf and things like that. That's actually kind of happening. It's like a, a bunch of Goldman Sachs people. This is basically the, the, the Trump administration. A bunch of Goldman Sachs people and like B-list celebrities. <laughs> that's the Trump administration's Congra- administration. Congratulations for making America great again. So then uh, today, here's what Donald Trump tweeted uh, about John Lewis. Don- he's just doubling down on the John Lewis thing. He tweeted, John Lewis said about my inauguration, quote, it will be the first one that I've missed. And, and then Donald Trump actually said, wrong in the tweet. He says, wrong. And then in parentheses, or lie exclamation mark he boycotted bush 43 also because he dot 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 continues in the next tweet quote thought it would be hypocritical to attend bush's swearing in dot 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 he doesn't believe bush is the true elected president unquote just whatever. sound familiar wp it just pains me to have to listen to this fucking moron for the next four years i know I assume WP in this tweet means Washington Post. I'm not sure exactly. I guess that's where he got his information from the fake news. Washington Post. Which Donald Trump considers the Washington Post to be fake news. Get that through your head, first of all. Um, so now he's qu- quoting the dishonest media and the fake news organization, Washington Post, when it's convenient for him, of course. But and then in the process he uh, he goes here wrong says the wrong says wrong, and the fact is that yeah uh, uh, John Lewis didn't attend George W. Bush's first inaugural, uh, and and mistakenly said that it's the first one that this one the Trump inaugural is going to be the first one he missed. That was sixteen years seventeen years ago, sixteen well it would be sixteen years ago that that actually occurred. Uh, you know sue him. John Lewis forgot that he didn't attend the inaugural 16 years ago. And it doesn't even matter. Why is Donald Trump explaining anything to John Lewis? Shut the f*** up. It's like Rob Snyder, like civil yeah. rights explaining to John right. Lewis about how he <laughs> behaved. Right, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider actually, actually trying to school John Lewis on, <laughs> on Martin Luther King. Speaking of Martin Luther King, We've always talked about how Donald Trump's answers to a lot of things are like uh, eighth graders who didn't do the homework trying to bullshit their way yeah. through through an oral exam or something like that. Yep. Here was Donald Trump's tweet about Martin Luther King. This is his big MLK Day tweet. He wrote, celebrate Martin Luther King Day and all of the many wonderful things that he stood for. 
Honor him Amazing. for being the great man that he was. He just knows nothing. He, he knows just, nothing. It's, it's all vagaries. <laughs> no he knows details. nothing. He has no. He has no real knowledge of anything. Okay, we're gonna hear from little uh, Donnie Trump here about uh, his book report on Martin Luther King. Donnie, Martin mm-hmm. Luther King was a very, 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 very great man. He did very, very, very many, very many, many great things. <laughs> yes, Martin Luther King, very tremendous. Very good, Donnie. Very good, Donnie Trump. Go, go, go have a seat. We've been bull long enough. F, fail, fail. <laughs> F. Uh, speaking of book reports, Monica Crowley, too bad, is stepping down from her uh, gig as the PR flag for the NSC. Yeah. This is uh, this is all good news, uh, and I'll tell you why it's good news. Monica Crowley, of course, she's the per- she's uh, one of the uh, uh, participants in the former McLaughlin Group, and a uh, basically a, a, a conservative right wing apparatchik. Um, and she was appointed by Trump, and since then they've been talking about how she plagiarized her dissertation, and it's actually yeah. really, really badly plagiarized. I mean, it's plagiarized all over the place. I mean, there's plagiarism all over that dissertation. And she's stepping down. And here's why this is good news. Because it looks like the uh, the incoming Trump administration is actually responsive to scandals. And while this well, is... Uh, well, wait, 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 wait. Did she, did they rescind the offer to her? Or did she basically say, I'm not going to oh, take she, it? She stepped down. See, I don't, that's the thing. I'm I'm of the opinion because their their immediate response, uh, and I wrote about it. Their immediate response was basically, oh, you know, haters. It's just you know, oh, yeah. it's just uh, CNN uh, reporting fake news, and and you know, Simon and Schuster. It was Simon Schuster. I can't remember who the hell published her. Random House. Random House. Yeah. Uh, you know, loves her, and her book is huge because that, of course, is hugely important to Trump. You know that that oh, you know what people like her. Uh, people read her book. It sold a bunch of copies. That yeah. kind of crap. Um, but they, they at no point did they say, well, look, we're on a we we support her, but we're on a wait and see basis about this. Of course not. That would have been the logical thing to say. Yeah, but so, they- yeah, my point was that my point was that the Trump administration, Trump, of course, doesn't care. He right. oh, sure. He's not going to he's not going to discipline anybody for something like that. He he's probably doesn't circle even, the wagons and say whatever. He doesn't probably doesn't even know about the, the controversy. Exactly. Exactly. But the thing is, though, usually in administrations, they ask people to resign behind the scenes and then they then they step down because they don't want to be seen as firing people. So it could be that the Trump transition fired Monica Crowley, but said we'll do it in the form of a resignation. So she stepped. So that's that's a possibility. But the fact is that they are actually responding to. Scandals, at least mem- individual members of, of the Trump administration, they're backpedaling on things when when the heat gets too, I don't know, hot. And so that that's actually maybe a little teeny tiny speck of sunshine in all of this awfulness that they might actually be responsive when the hits the fan. I mean, I don't know for sure because anything can happen again. Friday is going to be the beginning of something that we're moment to moment, moment to it, the, the tennis ball machine is going to be so furious. We won't even know what's happening as it's hitting us. It'll just be one after the other. Right? <laughs> tennis ball machine. And, uh, and hopefully there will be critical mass in the public and in the press uh, that when something bad happens, that the Trump administration responds to it and makes it better. But I seriously, seriously doubt it. 
I, I just I don't think they're going to be that kind of administration. I think I think they have so thoroughly ensconced themselves in the strategy of declaring everything to be fake news that it's just going to be well. I don't care what you say. That's fake news, right? They've even got Vladimir Putin playing along with the fake news thing because he was calling it fake. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. All right, uh, coming up on the post-mortem show, we've got uh, some new uh, Mark Hamill performances in which he uh, reads Trump Trump tweets as the Joker, as the Trumpster. That's his new uh, supervillain, the Trumpster. But you know what he needs in the bit? He's too dumb to be a supervillain. Oh, I know. He's like, he's, but he's like a bungling Batman TV show supervillain. He's like there from the, yeah. the Adam West Batman. Which is why he needs this sound. Mark Hamill needs to use this sound from now on. <laughs> it needs to be incorporated into the Trump tweets thing. We're going to play those uh, coming up here in a second on the post-mortem show. Plus, oh God, Peter Thiel in the news. And if you live in California, this isn't good news. Oh, wonderful. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, uh, a little bit about Obamacare. And, and here's the thing. Here's one of the reasons why I didn't talk about Ob- Obamacare on the show today is because it gets really, really wonky. And it's really hard to talk in detail about something that is wonky without just boring all of you to tears. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so we'll maybe cover a little bit of it in the post-mortem show. We're covering Obamacare a lot. I'll just speak for myself. I'm writing about it a lot in Salon and the Daily Banter. So if you want to read everything that I have to say about Obamacare and the potential for Obamacare to be repealed and uh, most recently some, some options for... <laughs> for the Republican replacement plan, go to thedailybanter.com or salon.com. Lots of details and information there, but we'll touch upon it a little bit uh, on the post-mortem show. And uh, a whole lot more. Sign up at patreon.com slash bobandchez at the $5 a month level, and then you can listen to the post-mortem show. There are two of them a week. Sign up for $10 a month. You get the after party on top of the post-mortem shows. At $15, you get an unbleeped, commercial-free version of this show that you've just heard. Hey, how about all that crap? That's awesome. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.